This is Residence 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous. Ah, yes. I'm Nick Hennigan coming at you again in glorious stereo and also in vision. Oh, yes. In vision as well. You can see me glorious fizzog if you'd like to on bohemianbritain.com. Uh, and we're also, of course, on 104.4 FM and uh, all over the place on the Maverick Theatre YouTube page. I lose track. I lose track of the technology. But one of the things I'm not losing track about, because the, the show is called Literary London, uh, is that we're talking about um, film <laughs> instead of books or writers. And I'm very pleased as well. In stereo, you'll probably be able to see the beautiful physog of Jerry Maguire, who is officially head of the Irish Film Festival in London. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So thanks for, for coming along, Jerry. Nice to see you. Thanks so much for having me, Nick. It's really cool to be talking to you and your listeners. Thank you. You're welcome. And it's, uh, you know, full disclosure, my surname's Hennigan. Little place, <laughs> little place in County Mayo that no one's ever been to called Bunny Con is where my folk's from. Um, in fact, it's quite grand houses there. There's no road. There was a stream, but there's no road. Oh, wow. It takes forever to get there. Um, so, but I wanted to talk about the, well, kind of generally the Irish in London. I mean, it's quite surreal because I'm actually, I was born and brought up in Birmingham. And when I came to London full time, I went to the Irish Cultural Centre in Hammersmith. Mm. And for some strange reason, I mean, I'm not talking, I had no no problems at all with anything, but I kind of felt a bit more Irish after I've been there a couple of times when people were talking about, I mean, I had a, a very obvious question that why did my folks go to, from, from their part of Ireland, go to Leeds, whereas mm. a lot of my other friends went to Coventry. And I'm thinking, what's the great anthropological reason for this? What are the socioeconomic forces that drive all this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's because it was basically just because they, they knew someone that lived there. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. If your mate goes over, then... And, <laughs> and I suppose we, in a sense, um, it can be slight sensitive subject because you go back to the 1960s, I mean, it's nothing I remember, thankfully, all my folks, but you used to see the signs, no, no blacks, no dogs, no Irish. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. That, it feels very uncomfortable talking about that now, but I suppose in a sense there is is there still an, um, an issue there do you think the, the no blacks no dogs no Irish thing is a really interesting one to bring up because we've we've had a lot of conversations at irish film the parent organization of the irish film festival london we had these conversations across black history month in october and we talked to contributors and had some zoom sessions that were open to public and sort of explored the concept of this no black, no dogs, no Irish thing and what it meant in the context of, you know, black civil rights, Irish civil rights and, and how the two are quite sort of interlinked. Um, I mean, I think those prejudices and those stereotypes do still exist, but thankfully I would say that the Irish community in London and elsewhere in the world is fairly well integrated. I mean, we don't have the issue I mean, talking about nowadays, you know, we don't have the issue that we, that our, uh, our black brothers and sisters have of looking physically different in terms of their ethnicity, um, although we are often identified by our accents. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that, I think it's still an issue for a lot of people, and that's why we have these conversations in October. Um, I do think that places like the Irish Cultural Centre that you talk about and those Irish communities, they help people to feel at home, they help people to to find a new community and a new place and to, to have a centre to to access the traditions and the things that you're used to from home makes you feel more comfortable. I mean, 
I must admit, before I took on the job of working at Irish Film London, I wasn't very culturally engaged with my Irishness, if you like, as a member of the Irish diaspora in London. I was quite happy to quite happy to be that integrated person and just be just be Jerry. Right. Although I was quite obviously I was very aware of my Irishness and very much uh, thinking about who I was and where I was going back to every couple of months and so on. Um, having been a part of it now, I'm very happy to be more engaged with the social aspect and uh, engage with the, the cultural traditions and engage with the, the things that make us who we are, I suppose, in a way. It's a very interesting thing to get engaged with. It is, I suppose, in, in a sense, that's part of the reason for having the film festival or the Irish yeah, yeah. film festival in London. Um, and because there's literary, there's an Irish literary society as well. And in fact, it was, uh, was it WB Yeats, I think, uh, started the Irish Poetry Society down in, uh, in Chiswick, uh, wow. far from where we are at the moment, back in the 1800s. So there's always kind of been that association. Um, let's talk specifically about the, the film festival then. And because mm. you're, you're head of your, I know you just said at the start, well, I don't really like the title, but you're head of the <laughs> Irish Film Festival ended. How, how did you yeah. get involved with that and the, the cultural side of, of, of life in, in London? So, I mean, that's quite a boring story, really. My professional background is as a film producer and a film festival producer or manager. And kind of stepped into it via a job application. <laughs> so, uh, but, it's, um, but it was one that took a little bit of thinking, one that took me to consider what the job meant for me and what it would mean to be the head of an organisation which exists to promote Irish film to people in the UK, not just in London. I mean, we do events online, as most people do these days, and we have somewhat of a, somewhat of a global reach. Uh, our in-person uh, are obviously focused in um, places in London, like the Irish Cultural Centre in Hammersmith, actually. Um, and, yeah, I think I just kind of walked into the job in that sort of uh, slightly boring way. <laughs> I'm not sure many people would say directing a film festival is boring, but I know, I know what you mean. Well, it's not, it's no. <laughs> so you've worked in films for a long time then, presumably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, since about 2010, I think. Yeah, and so what's what shape does it take? And, and as the sort of director of it, are you? I mean, what are you looking for, and how, how do you do it? And I suppose let's talk physically about the festival. Some of the stuff's coming up in the next few days as well. It is, yeah. So some of the stuff's coming up. I mean, the festival is Wednesday the seventeenth and Sunday the twenty-first of November. So if I'm right, we're in the middle of this festival by the time it uh, reaches your audience's ears. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great big mixture of stuff. Um, our kind of our mission with it, if you like, is to bring the best of new Irish film to audiences here in London and our online audiences. So we've got a mixture of feature films, documentaries, short films. We've got our normal special events. This year, something that I've done a little bit differently with the festival is I've really increased the number of industry events that we do. Those are for filmmakers or film practitioners, people who are interested in the art of film or the business of film, directors, actors, producers, and writers. Um, so we've got specific sessions on um, Irish storytelling as a contemporary practice and how film is an extension of that um, storytelling practice. 
Um, we've seen a really a real boom in documentary production out of Ireland this last year or two. So we've got a specific session around uh, this explosion of Irish documentaries and the conditions which create that and how we can uh, try to maintain that as an industry going forward. So it's 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 conversations which are about the sort of culture of, of Irish film, the culture of film in general. I mean, I, it sounds fascinating, and I quite I love the idea of the industry events as well. Mm. I, I, um, I, of course, you may know my short film, Boy Girl, Boy Bike. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but I wrote, directed, produced, did everything on really, with three kids, which was quite difficult. And uh, I, that <laughs> became part, it was actually due to think called First Cuts, which ITV used to run. And oh, I got yeah, a bit yeah. of money to make it, and it was, uh, it, it was selectively NBX, New British Expo, at uh, the Edinburgh wow. Film Festival. So I went, but I also got a play out there as well. And it's a story which I won't bore with now, but I realized that most of the theater things that I was doing were in the evening. Most of the film things tended to be in the morning. Red wine in the morning, beer at night, didn't go. It's a horrible story about me collapsing on Maura Buffini's sofa, but we won't go into that now. So, but the, 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 those, uh, the, the industry events are sort of, I suppose, um, perhaps more, more important if you've got an itch, uh, at least now there's somewhere you can go yeah. to scratch it, as it were. So, so is it, um, and, and you're talking about all the documentary making that's been coming out of mm. London recently. What, why do you think there is? Well, I think, I think there's sort of practical reasons and creative reasons for it. I mean, I, I sort of think that on a practical level, we've seen a lot more documentary production being completed and coming on the screen in this last, say, 18 months period for the practical reason that most documentaries are sort of created in an edit studio. And it's been much easier to access those places rather than go onto a film set with a hundred people and have all that sort of viral risk and so on. Um, so I think it's been easier to get a few of those projects online. And some of the ones that we're seeing being released now, a lot of the work was done in 2018, 2019. So it's partly to do with that. I think on the wider front, it's interesting to see so much, like, like there's a lot of documentary production, but there's loads of really, really high quality narrative filmmaking that's being completed in Ireland all the time at the moment. And that's something that we're discussing in detail through the industry sessions. And I think that's a result of a mixture of investment from um, screen agencies and inward investment from films which choose beautiful Irish locations to shoot on, um, Star Wars and Harry Potter and all these things, um, as well as indie productions, TV shows like Golden People and uh, all, these, all these very popular sort of um, cultural names that come out of uh, Derry Girls and, and different things. But I think having those things in place, having infrastructure in place to support those and reinvesting, uh, reinvesting resources into the national film industry allows filmmakers to thrive and allows creative talent to, to express themselves. And I think that's the thing that we can testify to in the, the quality of the films that we show at the festival every year, not just this year is that there's a very high quality of Irish film being produced. Um, it's not always getting the box office that it would get in the UK, that it gets in Ireland. And it's very interesting to see a UK audience response to, to these great films and to give people an opportunity to see them. Yeah, I suppose there is that. <clears throat> I mean, it's a, they talk about the tradition of Irish storytelling, I suppose it's a... Perhaps more of a Celtic thing as well. But what's so generally the film 
the film industry in Ireland is fairly healthy. I mean, in spite of the last couple yeah. of years we've all been through, would you say? Yeah, I, I, mean, I love that. Sorry, yeah. I mean, no, no, I think I, I think it's very healthy because, like, as well as as well as those big productions that have that have gone on, there's there's the investment that's been made has been has been made into places like uh, the Paint Hall in Belfast, which is this huge studio where they shot Game of Thrones and. Um, yeah, like yeah, there, there, there's major, major things happening in Ireland all the time. It's a very attractive place for, for people to come and shoot, for Hollywood production to come and shoot, as well as for indie productions to, to be made. So, yeah, I think it's all, it's all sort of self-reinforcing in a sense. Yeah, I mean, it's a very beautiful place, isn't it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, I actually I won a Guinness Award for another play that I wrote. It's not all about me, loves that. But uh, I actually, no, actually I shot a, I shot some Ox Mountains. It was only on a, I could only afford a little video camera, but it, we used that in a play, and it looked fantastic. The audience yeah. believed they were in Ireland. Um, <laughs> so, so what, in terms of, of the physical, what's happening with the film festival, what, have you got any highlights? I mean, I suppose that's like asking you to choose your favourite children. But are there any things that you should look out for? Actually, I think actually our busiest day is Sunday the 21st. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff happening uh, at the Irish Cultural Centre. That's the day that we're doing our family screening. So we're showing a classic film there called Into the West from about 1990, uh, featuring Gabriel Byrne, Colin Maney. Uh, it's a story about two kids who live in a high-rise tower outside of Dublin. Uh, they're from the travelling community, and there's drama at home. Um, and their grandfather brings a white horse to stay with them on the estate, and he calls it Tiernan Oak. Um, and this is the old uh, Tiernan Oak's the name of a magical place that's meant to exist under the sea off the coast of Ireland. It's the land of eternal youth and a metaphor for uh, a place you go to when you die, essentially. Uh, but the boys get spooked by the police coming around and everything. And they escape on Tier Nove. They escape into the West. They're Wild West fans. And they try to go directly to the West Coast of Ireland, which is the opposite side of, from Dublin. And then there's a big chase for the adults to try and save them from their naivety. It's a very beautiful sort of magical realist story. Um, so that's a family screen of the at the Irish Cultural Centre. Oh, I think that's one o'clock on Sunday, the 21st. If you're not into that, there's really, really beautiful documentary that I have actually, when I've been having these conversations with people quite often, this documentary, which is at two o'clock, Riverside videos, so not very far from Irish Medical Centre. It's a documentary called While You Live, Shine. And it's based on, so it's a story of this guy called Chris King. He's a musicologist, so he's a person who studies music. And Chris's great love is old 78 RPM record. And in particular, he's very into this one record that he finds, which is a recording of a thing called The Song of Seculos, which comes from Northern Greece. The Song of Seculos is the oldest poetry, sorry, the oldest recorded music in the world. So it comes from this gravestone that was found in a, a, an abandoned graveyard. There's inscriptions on it which follow uh, musical notes, and it's thousands of years old, so it's the first recorded music. And it's become a folk song, uh, recordings of it, or versions of it, of a folk song in this place. So Chris goes and tries to find the place where this comes from. And being the guy, he's quite an eccentric guy. He's basically, he has this ongoing fight in his life against the battle between modernity and authenticity. 
which is just a beautiful little thing. I mean, Chris King is someone who's done lots of TED Talks about old music and about uh, about the the dearth of authenticity in modernity as uh, you know, mass production and uh, mimetic circumstances that we live in and so on and so on. So it's, it's, he's a really interesting character, but the film takes you on a journey through these Greek villages and fields and valleys and mountains. And I found it to be a very restorative process. Um, having watched lots of samey things on Netflix and uh, iPlayer and so on for the last year and a half, this was something that really took me to a new place. Um, I felt like I was going on that journey with Chris and the cameraman and Paul, the director. Um, so that's something that I would urge people to come down to. It's one of my favorites. And where's that on at again? Sorry, just the, the time and the place. Uh, Riverside Studios. Riverside Studios, 2 p.m. Sunday 21st. And that's Riverside Studios, if you don't know, is um, a historic venue right next to Hammersmith Bridge, where lots of stuff has been shot in the studios, like Zed Cars and Doctor Who and lots of old stuff. But a very beautiful cinema. Thank God it's Friday with Chris. I remember that one. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I'm around that part of the world. In fact, we're in Hammersmith oh, yeah. right now. So, yeah, Riverside Studios, is. I think they're doing a production in next spring, actually. But it, they've, they've also kind of... Yeah, if you want to go and just have a look at the studios, they've they've uh, you, you couldn't walk by the river and the way that they've modernized it all and built flats mm. above it, of course, <laughs> as it happens. But the studios themselves are quite you can actually walk around now and I get a coffee and look at the bridge. It's, it's a very suitable place. Um, it as is. indeed is the 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 uh, the uh, Hammersmith, the uh, Irish Cultural Centre. Uh, yeah. I'm Nick Hennigan. We're talking to Jerry Maguire, who's head of the Irish Film Festival London. Um, this is Residence 104.4 FM, also on bohemianbritain.com. Bohemian Britain, by the way, is a bit of a joke because we, we're apparently the number two Bohemian podcast in the world to follow, according to Blogspot, or wherever it was, and um, number one's in New York. And I thought, how can you be a successful Bohemian? That's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, you know, most Bohemians seem to be <laughs> fairly, well, Bohemian. <laughs> but we're on there anyway, bohemianbritain.com. Uh, um, and uh, in terms of the industry side of things, so if, if anyone's sort of thinking of making a film, there's, it's, there's, there's some pretty good stuff that you're laying on as well. Maybe just talk about that for a minute. Yeah, so... I mean, we kind of welcome everyone to our industry events. Um, the guests that we've asked to come and speak are deliberately quite high level. Uh, people from BBC, BFI, uh, organisations like Element Pictures, Screen Ireland, who's the National Screen Agency, I guess the equivalent of the BFI in, um, in Ireland. Uh, people from Belfast Film Festival and uh, a documentary festival there called Docs Ireland. Uh, are all in attendance. And the idea is to bring these people together and have conversations around what it takes to direct a good film, to find a good producer, to get your film into a festival once you've made it, and to have those conversations in an open way so that when people come to these events, they can sit down and they can ask questions and be in the room, network with people, get to know their peers, get to know these other sort of people who are, I guess, a bit higher up in the industry, but have an opportunity for one-to-one -one time with them as well, in many instances. And with the, with the idea of, by, I suppose, I suppose the overriding concept is that if, we, if we're showing films at our festival and we want the films of the future to come through, 
it's up to us to support those filmmakers as well. So this is our attempt at, you know, offering people a little bit of upskilling or offering them an opportunity to further their career in a small way through the, the training opportunity that this, this offers or the mentoring opportunity this does. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? And I know because we have lots of writers who, who listen to this, obviously, so it's literally London. And I suppose I've got to ask, really, so if you've got a screenplay, what do you yeah, do yeah. with it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that depends whether you're Irish or whether you're British, I suppose. Because uh, if, you're, if you're an Irish person, there's very specific and uh, well-funded avenues that you can go through um, through the Irish Film Institute or Screen Ireland or... Uh, or many of the other organisations that support uh, development in Ireland. But many people who are, for example, Irish and living in London will be able to, of course, access support from the UK film industry. Uh, primarily, I would say that the BFI, the British Film Institute, whose production on kind of brings people up from, from scratch in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of people's first films are funded by BFI money or what's called BFI network money. Um, and that's normally the first thing you do. But I think I think these days many people would self-fund their first film or look to doing it through like a crowdfunding campaign or some sort of like private investment, which normally means your credit card or the bank of mom and dad or something like this. Uh, I think where we come in is that in, in a way, it's, it's funny because we're like at the opposite end of what you might call the the film value chain uh, development and then production and post production and getting it out there is all like all comes before the film festival experience. So when you're trying to get your film to us, what we tend to do is accept open submissions via an online platform where people submit their film with consideration alongside all the others. It's democratically and diplomatically dealt with um, so that we're not offering anybody any uh, any favours or anything like that. There's no automatic entry. It's all August. And presumably, though, I mean, uh, Irish filmmakers would... would uh, <laughs> would be uh, top of the list, of course, at Irish Film Festival, isn't it? As opposed to, uh, uh, as opposed to there, else. There is that. There is that important criteria to get into the Irish Film Festival in London that you do have to have uh, a strong Irish link in your in your creative work. Yeah, we're quite open with that. We we don't mind whether you're an Irish writer or director or producer or whether your film heavily features Irish actors or Irish locations or whether it's just funded out of Ireland somehow or another. Like everything's eligible, really. Yeah, no, and because it, it's Irish Film London as well, isn't there, as, as well as the Irish Film Festival? Yeah, so slightly confusing nomenclature, but uh, the Irish Film Festival London is the, the big showcase event which takes place every year, but the organisers of that festival and other festival events through the year, like the St. Patrick's Film Festival, uh, it, the organisation behind that is called Irish Film London. So Irish Film London is the, the not-for-profit organisation, community organisation, which uh, which funds all these things. Yeah. Or rather, I should say, which gathers funds from our very generous funders and sponsors to, to make it. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point commercially made. Well done. <laughs> and what, I mean, lockdown as well, you're talking about online events. I know we were talking to the, to the Edinburgh Book Festival, for instance, and they'd 
they said after the horror of the lockdown it's actually proved yeah. to be quite a positive thing because there is that sort of outreach element now where people from all over the world can get involved yeah, and yeah. you're saying you've found the same sort of uh, situation have you yeah i mean i think to call it a positive thing is maybe to sugarcoat it a little bit, but it's maybe more of a like a silver lining to a very dark cloud. Um, the business model that our festival and every festival and events organization is based around is, is live events. And it's been very difficult for most of us to pivot towards a, a completely online model for that short duration period. Part of me wonder, like part of me is really worried actually that we'll have to go back to that online only thing if uh, you know if things go south again essentially. Um, but yeah, I mean the silver lining of it, while it's very difficult to engage people in an online space, which is let's be honest, saturated with options. The the silver lining is that we're reaching people across the UK. We're reaching people in Ireland. We're reaching people overseas, uh, in other places. One of the things that we did a lot of work on in 2021 was we really upped our game in terms of the, the Irish Put Up London podcast. That became a fortnightly event. We had uh, interviews with new release filmmakers and industry professionals and some very interesting conversations took place out of that we get almost as many people in the US there listening to that every fortnight as we do in, in the UK. That's very interesting. Yeah, I get we do, we do it with a rather thing called the London Literary Pub Crawl, which of course stopped completely. Mm. When, which <laughs> and it's interesting that the, the interest in that from America is, is pretty huge. So mm. the podcast, you've got the podcast is still going. And so generally, where can we find out more about what's going on? So you want to go to irishfilmfestivallondon.com and there you will find our full festival programme. you find a nice trailer that we put together for the festival. Uh, you can purchase tickets directly there for any industry events or for that uh, Sunday matinee of Into the West. And from there you'll also be directed to the website for our venue partners across London where you can buy tickets for cinema events. And yeah, I mean, if, if it's something that people want to support or be a, be a part of, there's a membership scheme. We're a not-for-profit organization. We're very happy to receive your subscription or talk to you more about becoming involved. Um, yeah, that's, I think it's, uh, it's something I'd be very happy for people to, to get in touch with us about if they were interested. That's brilliant. Thank you very much, Jerry. It's lovely chatting to you. Ah, yeah. well, I've gone northern. But, um, <laughs> so Jerry Manoy, who is head of the Irish Film Festival in London, and he runs, it's kind of running now, um, but uh, I might even play the trailer on the video. We can't Go do it on, on the radio. That might not work. We might do that at the end. So if you're watching <laughs> on BohemianBritain.com, you're about to get the trailer as well. So, <laughs> nice, but, uh, Thanks very much for your time there, Jerry. And I hope all thanks, goes thanks really so well. We'll have to talk. We'll have to talk again next, next year. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks again, mate. Uh, that's it for this week. As always, if you need to get in touch, you can do radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. Probably the easiest, radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. Uh, I'll see you next time. Have a good one. I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Literary London on Resonance 104.4 FM.